Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. The Nationals have the third highest bonus pool allotment in this draft. So I did get a request on Twitter for someone to explain how this works. So we could do that really quickly before we say goodbye. Uh, the, the way it works is each team, based on where they're picking for the most part, uh, is allotted a bonus pool. So each pick has a value. As an example, the number one pick in this year's draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates is worth $9.7 million. The Nationals, number two overall. Uh, slotted at $8.99 million, so about a $9 million value. You add up all your picks and all your values, you get your bonus pool, okay? So the Pirates have the most money to spend in the draft at $16.2 million, followed by the Tigers at 15.7 mil, and then the Nationals at 14.5 mil, third most among all the teams. The club's way down at the bottom of the first round. Obviously, the pool is much smaller because the pick, uh, or if you don't have a first-round pick, uh, you, you don't you're, you're missing out on nine million bucks there. So the Phillies, as an example, only have five point one million dollars to spend on their whole draft. Uh, but the way it works is the Nats with 20 rounds worth of picks, all their selections have fourteen point five mil to spend. So they could take someone at number two overall and spend, you know, three hundred thousand dollars on a player who would have gone in like the 17th round and save all that money. There's no reason to do that. When you hear that the Pirates might, quote unquote, cut a deal or save money. It just means that rather than spending the expected 9.7 mil with the first overall pick, they could get Langford at 8.5. They've now saved the 1.2 mil, and they put that toward the rest of their draft. So it's think about it like an allowance. You get a budget. You get $20. You got 20 picks. You can either divvy it up as expected through the whole 20 picks, or instead of using a dollar on one of the picks you're supposed to spend a buck on, you spend 75 cents. Now you got 25 cents to spend over slot later in the draft. That's essentially how it works. That's how teams get creative, especially Toby the Pirates. A couple of years ago, they passed on Marcelo Meyer at the top of the draft and went with Henry Davis, a catcher who's starting for them in right field in the majors already two years later. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see with the Pirates. That's something that they have to consider, not something that the Nationals will really consider at, too. And one thing before we get out of here that I wanted to throw out here, because, you know, you see people on Twitter and Nat's Twitter going crazy about various things. Whoever the Nationals draft at number two, if it's Dylan Cruz, if it's Paul Skeens, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. So act as such. Like sometimes you see people that get so dialed in on they want the one, whether it's Skeens or Cruz, and they get frustrated when they see anyone saying that the other one might come to DC. I think that's a little bit foolish. You know, even if they go with the the more safe option in Dylan Cruz, it doesn't mean that that's the wrong option instead of going with Paul Skeens and that's just a terrible move by Mike Rizzo and vice versa. And I even saw someone say that a, a story that got told about Paul Skeens where he, he supposedly went into the locker room and pointed at various guys and said, I work harder than you. I work harder. That wasn't true. I saw that on TikTok. So I know some people think that he's a bit of a tool because of that. That's not the case. So I, I don't know that we'll see that, but I've seen it before. I've you know I've done it myself as a fan at times where you talk yourself so much into one guy that when the other guy gets picked, you get a little frustrated and you're like, what the heck is Rizzo doing? Rizzo, whoever he decides to go with at number two, and right now it sounds like it's going to be Paul Skeens, that's not the wrong choice. And I think you should be excited about 
this guy coming into town. I mean, we talked about the ceiling that this guy has. You heard from Kyle. Scouts are talking about this guy in the same ilk as Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole, whereas with Dylan Cruz, they're not necessarily saying that he's that same top guy. So, you know, if they go skeins over Cruz, you know, maybe you want the bat over the arm. I get all that, but get excited because Paul Skeens is going to be awesome. Either one of these guys is going to be awesome. So I'm excited to see who the Nats get at number two. Yeah, it's a great night uh, for Nats fans coming up on Sunday, almost regardless. Assuming they take one of those LSU players, it's going to be hard to be frustrated. I'll even be fired up by Wyatt Langford, but I know that Twitter would melt down uh, if, they, if they didn't get one of the LSU Tigers. <laughs> you know what? You if imagine? they do take Langford, still be nice, but you know maybe you can have a little meltdown because yeah, we all expect LSU guys. <laughs> then you can start throwing some things, I suppose. All right, that'll do it for Bustin' Loose Baseball, episode 65. Big thanks to Kyle Glazer. Next time we talk with you, I'll be in Seattle. Toby will be back here in D.C., and we'll be breaking down what they did in the draft. Well, maybe we'll do an emergency pod uh, late Sunday night or early Monday morning and just make sure we've updated everyone on, on what exactly happened. But enjoy yourselves, enjoy the weekend, and enjoy the draft. Thank you for listening to Bustin' Loose Baseball. Please go rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We're trying to grow this sucker. Uh, thank you, Nats fans, and we'll talk soon.